Hello, friends. This is Stacking Pennies. I'm Corley Joy. We're going to talk about a wet and wild Daytona regular season finale with none other than that three car getting the dub and punching the last ticket into the playoffs. We're going to cover boats and woes with Ryan Flores remote while he is thrashing on his street stock on the way up to North Wilkesboro to race this week. We're also headed to the Lady in Black. Love that track, and we're kicking off the playoffs. So we're going to see who hits the ground running. So stay tuned. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about right here on Stacking Pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. And we're in it. I'm Corley Joy, driver of the uh, 7 Chevy Camaro, joined by... Some familiar faces to my right, Mr. Chuck Bush. Hello, how's everybody doing? How was your weekend? It was good, a little, little, little wet, but you know, good. You down were down there? there. I saw down you a couple there. times. I know. Wouldn't uh, miss Daytona for anything, man. That that thing's always putting on a show. It's a special place. It is. It really is. And I will say, cruising through the tiny tunnel, pulling out in September or you know late August is a little bit different than February, but you still get those gooseys when you roll through there. Uh, do love it. Also, uh, to my left, Jonathan Merriman. How are you? Ice Cold Blue Mountain Takes. 16 winners, buddy. 16 winners. Who would have thunk it? Not you. What? I, I, I thought you said we weren't. Let's I'm pull the tape. pretty sure I was a proponent of 16 winners. So. I mean, yeah. I wanted cameras. And we got it. Now, you can argue, well, one person pointed their way in, Ryan Blaney. Well, that was because Kurt Busch rescinded his, this week, rescinded his playoff waiver, which I respect that. But it kind of gums some things up a little bit. Because we have a bit of predicament. A little bit confusing. I had to make a friend, a call to my good friend, the only one that really understands the sport more than anybody else, and he explained it to me. So Ryan Blaney, the best he can finish in owner's points is 17th. Because all 16 owners that won a race, including the 45, being 23-11, are in an owner's playoff, which that's never been uh, until this year an issue. But the fact that the 12 car did not make the owner's points because, or the owner's points playoffs is because he was the only one without a win. Obviously, the team, being 23-11, wants to stay in the playoffs and get that extra money. Um, so that's what they're going to do. Because money's paid based on charters and tiering and where you finish and everything. There is no driver points fund. Yes. The only thing the driver does at the end of the year is hold the trophy. So then for someone like Ty Gibbs, who's filling in until Kurt comes back, like if Kurt's out for the first round, say, Mm -hmm. does this, I mean, I know Ty is getting experience just by being behind the wheel every time he gets more experience. Does this add another little element to it? Let me, little, another, another, let me tell you another element that could add to it. What if, hypothetically, they had let Bubba Wallace drive the 45 for the first round of the playoffs and yeah. let, let Kirk come back in the second round? You could do I that. Mean, Monetarily, it makes too much sense. With a C? Sense with a C? <laughs> sure. Pennies. Or S? Both. Does it? Why do you figure that? Do you take Bubba or Ty Gibbs right now? Uh, with the way that they've been running lately, I mean, Ty Gibbs hasn't been in contention for a win in the Cup Series, and Bubba has for yeah. a couple of weeks over the past five weeks. Bubba's been on a bit of a heater. He's doing pretty good. But if Bubba's been on a heater, do you want to – to me, 
I wouldn't want to change anything that's on a heater. In in my mind, like Is the car number really going to do that? But I, physically, no. But like in a, you miss your pit stall though. <laughs> I, but but keep the same pit sign. Now that would, I mean that's a wild thought. But I don't want to go yeah. down that hypothetical situation because who knows? I'm just saying happen. y'all are some superstitious people. So like you change some things around, it could like I don't know. You know what cures that? A big fat paycheck at the end of the year. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm just being devil's advocate. So that is something that that's going to be a bit of a story. Uh, it's kind of confusing because Ryan Blaney, the highest he can finish, and owners points to 17th. Yet he could win the driver points championship if he goes all the way to Phoenix and holds a trophy. But it's about a, I don't know, multi-million dollar swing between where he would have uh, had he got in by winning a race in the regular season. But on the back end of that, how much is winning a driver's championship? Granted, the circumstances would be weird for Blaney. I know he just signed an extension, but what does it do for your bargaining power when you go back to the table to negotiate a contract? You say you're a champion? What? If you say you're a champion, what does that do to your bargaining power? Uh, yes. That's a pretty big deal. I'd feel like that's... So I'm saying like you might, you know, you lose out on a little bit of money to do bonuses, but... Well, also, but he just signed a long-term deal, so yeah. you can't go back to the table and renegotiate a contract well, just because you won the championship. Theor- I'm saying in, in theory, if that didn't happen, and then you negotiated after you won the championship. You've also got to think probably in that extension that they did there's got to be something in there for championships right there's bonuses yeah now obviously rich if if roger didn't think that ryan blaine was capable of winning a championship he wouldn't have given him a long-term deal no, no different than he knows he knows joey joey logano's capable of winning a championship he did it in 2018 yeah. so he's got another long-term deal in the same vein we've had a lot of silly season dominoes fall this week as expected the 99 will have daniel Suarez driving for track house next year on a one-year deal, whether it was they picked up an option, I don't know. Also, Greg Ives is leaving the pit box. I'm sure they'll nice they'll give him a nice, cozy carpet job in some cubicle in Hendrick because he is a smart cat. He gets so, a cube or an office. Uh, he might even get an office. Yeah. You know, he's he's paid his he pays his dues. Yeah. Um. So we bid the Greg Ives well after uh, after his playoff run with that 48, uh, and also the rumors about who's going to drive that 10 car have been proved true. Uh, Eric Amarola coming back for not just a one, but a multi-year deal. But I believe there's some sort of thing in there where if he only wants to race one and they find somebody else to fill that car, uh, there might be a way where we just see Eric Amarola fill the hole for a year and go and play baseball with his kids on the weekend. But uh, it is cool. I do enjoy see Eric Amarola um, back at the racetrack all year next year and potentially multi-years. And also, you know how hard it is to walk away from bacon? He would have been walking away from a lot of bacon. Now he's bringing home the bacon. He's been bringing home the bacon. He's bringing home some more bacon. Slabs of it. So congrats to him, uh, as well as off the racetrack, but directing a racetrack, Julie Giese, a good, a good friend of the show, president of what she used to be over at Phoenix Raceway. Now moving over, and she's heading up, I believe, did they move her from Phoenix? Yes, she's. Uh, I think she's going to relocate. She's yeah. going to relocate and take the reins of the Chicago street course. I love that move. Who else would you get to do it? I mean, she is like. Dude, on it. She's it. She's it. She's it. I think she oversaw the clash as well, I believe. Well, so. Julie she, Sharp. Yeah, that was yeah. in that, that region, that sort of. The yeah, West but I'm saying though, the, she's, she's got the experience. Yeah. She's, she's really good. Well, so we're making a lot of promotions within the sport. We're also seeing some moving and shaking. But the big domino yet to fall is. Rowdy. 
RC which, commented on the rumors in the media center. What was it he said in his media availability? I have an announcement that I have no announcement. Yeah, yeah. well, RC was RC was talking. Now, he was like, I got nothing, but we have uh, put our differences aside. So you know, he put his watch back he on. Put his watch back on. He was about to take that damn thing off this weekend if that eight car didn't push that three Ooh. to victory lane. Let he me tell you something. He drove him in the ground like a little fence post. He had met him. He would have met him in the short shoot and ripped him out by his little did you lapels on his fire watch. Did you say short shoot on purpose? Because Tyler Reddick's not very tall. No, I'm not a kid like that. <laughs> um, but, yes, we are hearing Richard Childress Racing is in the mix for potentially Cobb Bush. Also hearing Carla Grayson, another. Now, am I, am I outlandish by saying, Chuck, that we perpetuated the conversation topics? I just didn't put names with them. And then Adam Stern put all the names to them because uh-huh. I just get in trouble whenever people are like, well, you talked about Carl Grayson. We... It's out now. RCR, colleague, And there's a scenario, boys, where I hope Kurt gets back. I hope he can finish his career and end it on his terms. It is a long time he's been out, and it doesn't seem like he is seeing the progress to get back in the car as fast as all of us want to see, so there might be a scenario where you see his little brother driving that 45 car next year for 2311. I have a question about what hypothetically you think a Kyle Busch could do for an RCR or a colleague because we've seen Tyler Reddick, who's extremely talented. I do not think he is Kyle Busch-level talent yet win two races and almost a third for Richard Childress Racing. So if you get a guy like Kyle Busch to come into Richard Childress Racing, what what's the win total at the end of the year? What can he do for a program like that? I mean, two different conversations because our colleague is not RCR. True. Just in the hierarchy of key partners at Chevy. For sure. So the amount of tools that colleague has to work with, way limited time on the, the driver in the loop. Well, RC's the... You know, RC's a key partner. Yeah. RCR, Trackhouse, and Hendrick are the three key partner teams. For sure. I do think that would play. Now, I bet there is probably verbal agreements to multiple different parties it, contingent on certain things. Where, like, if Colleague could have the conversations or Chevy would make Colleague a key partner, they, well, they are a key partner on the Xfinity side. They are not a key partner on the, Xfinity, on the Cup side. If Colleague could be made into a key partner and get all the same stuff, see the setups that Hendrick, Trackhouse, RCR are running, Matt Colleague has the most amount of money and all the things to make it happen, whether it's some some equity in the charter involved or something. Financially, that's the most doable. Competitively is probably the least competitive option at the moment without contingent on being made a key partner within Chevy. And see, that's my question to it for a team like colleague that is building the way they've been building over the past, however many years, right? Like they have seen steady success in Xfinity and they've got, they're showing signs in the cup series that they're making gains. So like, are they there yet? Yeah. Like would a Kyle Bush help push that forward or would it, would, and would that be something that he would want to get into a sort of like building scenario? At the colleague racing right now, I don't think Kyle Bush is AJ Allmendinger on a road course. Mm-hmm. I think AJ Allmendinger's top two or three in NASCAR on a road course. So I don't think he would be a shoe in to win a road course. 
I also don't know, like I said, colleague at the moment right now, if you plug Kyle Busch in, could win a race. He could win a race at RCR. I mean, him yeah. and him and Randall Burnett, if they got teamed up, it would be, dude, it would be fire. Um, those those guys would certainly be certainly be in the mix every three four weeks. Can we talk about what the fan base might do if Kyle Busch shows up to the racetrack in an RCR eight? Driving for for the same company Earnhardt Race for in Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s old number. Would Time heals ex- all things. Would the world explode? I mean, if somebody told you that in two thousand and seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven, you'd be like, "What did you just smoke?" Here's also the thing: if any of these race teams add Kyle Busch, what's he ninth all time and all time win list, two hundred wins total between mm-hmm. Trucks Xfinity and Cup, sixty Cup. 60 cup. You add legitimacy to your team. 60 cup wins. It's on. And he's 36. Seven. seven. Um, so, yes. Two-time champion, only multi-time champion. Of course, champion. anybody. But I believe Colleague would be the most motivated to – they would have the most to gain by adding a Kyle Busch to the fold. They have a lot of work to do behind the scenes to get all the assets that a top three key partner team within Chevy doesn't have. Well, then you got to think about retooling KBM. There's a whole that whole truck team is also like a linchpin on it as well, and um, interesting stuff. That could that's like that's one that like I'm I hadn't even until you said that really thought about the implications of that. Like, is that a bargaining chip? I really I really think that this is why it's taken so long is because there are so many elements to. It's not just like Kyle Busch going over a team. No, it's like swapping over 35 trucks. Because Toyota with is KBM. sponsoring all those trucks yeah. over there. All their kids in development series are racing it, racing there. So not only if Toyota loses KBM, is that like you have to find another team to put all them kids to. Which maybe that means that the 2311 deal, that's... I'm sure Denny could be a proud owner of a couple of truck teams. Who knows? See that jump man on the hood? Who seen it, seen it in trucks before. Just saying. Shall we talk about the regular season finale? Hell of a race. Something happened? Yeah. There was a, a race? Yeah, I'll tell you what the biggest story of the weekend was, was David Reagan in potentially his last ever cup race finishes ninth in the Stephen, how do you say his name? Lavender? 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 All 40-point challenge. Do you know what that is? Yes. That's when you finish in every single position on the racetrack. Way harder to do than what you would think. Yeah. And David Reagan did it this weekend. I feel like that's the biggest that's I mean, the biggest that, story. Let's talk about it. I mean ninth. You think it's ninth bigger than a million dollar parlay? <laughs> Second biggest story of the weekend <laughs> is some cat not even putting thirteen dollars down. He used a free bet to do a four team parlay of Landon Castle, BJ McLeod, Cody Ware, and David Reagan to finish in the top ten. Also, the chances of him getting struck by lightning are higher than hitting that parlay. And also Coincidentally, catching a 50-yard rain shower over turn one to wipe out the first 25 cars. Are you <laughs> me? Round of applause to that guy. I mean, that was a million dollars. Divine. Can, can we also give a round of applause to uh, – it, it was kind of – you did a little bit there, but Cody Ware, Noah Gregson, and uh, BJ McLeod, career best finishes. Yeah. In, uh, I think it was, what, five, six, seven? Like those three guys. Well, Landon Castle tied his career best of fourth. Yeah. Big big uh, day for Spire Motorsports. 
Good job, Landon. Saw him hanging out with his kid after the race. He was. was. pretty cool. <laughs> um, and then I believe Cody Ware finished sixth. Um, all of those people that we just named, we wish, not we wish, Martin Truex wished he'd have finished in front of. Yeah. Because three points was the difference. Did you watch the end of the race, him coming to the checker flag? I was there. I mean, <laughs> but have you went back and looked at it? Yeah. It, I mean, if he'd had a little bit more steam, he would have bulldozed three cars. Hands down. He he would have driven under them. Yeah, but you don't. You can't. Too late. Three points. Three points for the three? Three points. Weird. All year long, though. Weird numbers. Guess how long the rain delay was? Three hours. And 19 minutes. The three car won the 19. Out. This is a playoffs. It's weird. Because the 19 during the rain delay was in. Yeah. yeah. 19 misses it by three points. Three car won. Because Blaney. Three for Dale. Three for Dale. By Blaney passing the cars that were involved in the wreck that right. caused the red flag. Talk about grinding. Oh, my car. gosh. Oh, dude, that car was so wrecked. And I'm excited to talk to Ryan because I'm talking wrecked. Like, yeah. there was no reason that car should have finished. Like, my car got clipped in the right rear, and it blo- broke the lower. And we technically shouldn't be – like, we met minimum speed, the DVP. Then you were allowed to work on it the rest of the time. We had to go behind the wall and fix the upright uh, and the lower control arm. Dude, that car stuffed it in the fence. And he said instantly when it happened, his wheel – Goes 180, 180 degrees. degrees. Yeah. So that means when you're grabbing onto it here, when it's straight, is like this. And they got that thing straightened out. When they came back out there, and like the right front tire literally was pointing in. Um, so I'm interested to see the process on how they fix that thing so quick. And at least towards the end of the race, kind of made it like not competitive, but like it would go. Like it could maintain the draft. With, I mean, the I pushed, cars that were out there were also heavily damaged. So my car was fairly straight, and I was like kind of committed to Blaney. Yeah. Um, just to keep them up in the pack towards the end there because I had nothing to gain. I was 20 laps down. Um, but I was I was just pushing them, and I'm like, how it look good, kind of like looking. I'm like, that thing's banged up, but it's like maintaining pace. So kudos to that 12-team car chief, front-end guy, Ryan Flores, all those guys. That that was the difference between Ryan Blaney missing the playoffs. Well, and you have to go back earlier in that race where Truex got caught up in a wreck in stage three which he had already earned 15 points from stage racing. And then he's – at that point, they were debating it up in the booth. That At that point, you can go back and ride a little bit. But they didn't know what the weather was going to do, right? So right. then he gets caught up in that wreck. He gets the damage. Then he can't maintain pace. If his car would have been relatively untouched, it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a conversation. It wouldn't have been. But who knows, right? If his, if his car was relatively untouched, you could have been stuffed in the rain wreck. Could have been. Right. So let's just talk about that. The elephant in the room, shall we, Chuck? You might call me a homer. I'm well aware we're doing this podcast. But what did NASCAR, NASCAR had about an eight-second window to throw the yellow there. We were and ta- even if they hit the button, all like they might not pile 27 of them up into turn one. They pile 18 of them up in turn one because you're still going 180 miles an hour. We were driving back this morning, and that was the question that we had in the car. was like, all right, so say they throw the caution going into turn one. Like, they see it, boom, as quick as they can, they throw the caution because you're across the start-finish line. Maybe you start to – you hear reports of rain. Okay, or they're getting into turn one. Okay, throw the caution. In that amount of time, are the drivers in the field going to be able to slow it up enough? And if they are, are they going to be far enough apart that if it did rain like that, is it going to do anything? Could, could we just, like – talk about the chain of communication it takes because like one i saw a tweet earlier I'm not going to name 
who it was, but people saw it. Of like, why are we being reactive instead of proactive? If we were reactive to whenever there's rain nearby, like there'd be a lot of times we wouldn't even race because like 95% of the time when it starts to drizzle, like we can race in that no matter where we're at. And Daytona is so big. Yeah. The track is so big that it could be raining off of turn one and two. A sheet of water. And, and not, sunny. And not come onto the track at all. It could right. be in the campground that is literally 100, 100 yards. yards. Yeah. Yes. And it might not be on the track. And, they could feel it on the spotter stand, but it might not be hitting the track. And, and also, there's spotters, not the guys on the top that think they're driving race cars, the spotters around the, yeah. around the track, NASCAR spotters, where... This guy over here in turn one holding the flag has to be like, I'm getting a couple of raindrops down here. Uh, what do y'all think about it up top in the booth? Meanwhile, all the other spotters are like, no, nope, we're good over here. So that's the the chain of communication that has to go on for them to hit the button. Yeah. And in hindsight, it's 2020. But even if they hit the button within that 10-second window, I th- I still think you're piling cars up. Uh, it's easy to like look back and say they hit should have hit the button. That really and truly was the most unlucky rain shower of all time. Yeah, I mean, like it. Not if you're Austin Dillon. It was the luckiest rain shower of all time. If you're lucky, Austin Dillon. He said in his post race press conference, uh, "Ball don't lie," because he had the he had the race if it had been called there. Yeah, and then he's like went out and he won, won the a race. race on his own. So he's like, "Ball don't lie." Ball don't lie. He's like, I I don't. You know what? I, I, I kind of like that. that. Yeah, I like that line. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Rain short and race, cool. I'm going to go out there and win it and get this, do it the way that yeah. everybody can't say anything about his win. Yeah, like, and, I his, got the uh, win. and his Rodeo team won as well. Carolina Cowboys. There you go. He and was, they're also his, uh, his Austin's charity golf tournament was Sunday and today up at Big Cedar in Missouri. So I'm sure them boys are having a time today up there. He said uh, in in the make sure in the backup victory lane while they were waiting, he's like, "I'm just, I'm just trying to get you know, the rodeo's about to start." It's like he was waiting for that to start during the rain delay, and he started watching that. Hey, he's not a stranger to victory lane at Daytona. Calm, cool, and collected. You got to bring there. back that cowboy hat, though. Got to bring back that swag. Yeah, he need they need a, that three team needs a little something to get a little playoff run going. Get in by the skin of their teeth. Going draw until we think. I don't know. I think he wants a little redemption at that slide that he had in uh, the infield because he kind of tucked and rolled. He rolled of, a bit. Yeah. He, he was protecting the face. He yeah. learned he, he learned the hard way there. Can we also just talk about how much of a big game hunter that dude is in terms of where he decides he wants to win? Yeah, the Coke 600. They, Coke they, 600, Daytona 500, this playoff race. And look, Texas's purse ain't, ain't cheap, and he won there. He won at Texas? Yeah. Catching a lot of flack on social media. I don't like it. I don't like it. You? No, Austin Dillon. For what? From being Pop Pop's kid. What do you like? Who cares? Pop Pop's didn't drive the car. No, I mean, look, RCR doesn't have the best equipment, and Austin Dillon has still found found a way to win four races. He yeah. has some talent, and also Truck Series title, mm-hmm. Xfinity, Xfinity Series, series title. title. He's not a slouch. Nobody's won all three, and no. if anybody's going to do it, it's probably going to be that dude, unless Kyle Busch is running trucks full time next year. Which another? Which is another there option? You go. Um. So, stop hating on Austin Dillon. Yeah, you still got to get the job done. 
And this shit is hard. Three for Dylan, man. Three for Dylan. <laughs> Three for Dylan. Well, um, and, and this year, too, like, not only did he get the win, he's also got four top fives, eight top tens. He ain't had the best seasons. It's not been the best. No. But, does but he's it racing for that championship, Hell though. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Jeremy Clements. Yeah, let's not forget. Gotta love a good old underdog that wins at three o'clock in the morning on a mm. Saturday morning. Kudos to those guys. Gotta love it when a good old underdog uh, makes it. We still have two more races, right? Before the Xfinity Series cutoff. We got Darlington this week. Bristol is the cutoff race for the Xfinity Series. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wild last year, Bristol. Yeah, it was with AJ and Austin Cinder. Yeah. Mm. Who's it going to be this year? We don't know, but we do know the field is set for the 2022 championship in the Cup Series. Let's go all too soon picks. Chuck, right now. Ooh. On the spot. Who Ooh, am I going to take? Four? Yep. Final four? Final four. Final four, I'm going to take uh, Blaney in the 12th. I'm going to take. You just can't. Playoffs. You just Playoffs. can't separate yourself from your old punk Can't win a race. Can't win a race. Can't even win a race. Three points. Playoffs. Man. Hey. Playoffs. So I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Joey Logano as well. I like What's it. he done lately? Doesn't matter. I like Larson. <laughs> I like Larson. You're making terrible picks. I, hey, you know Somebody's what? got to. These are Somebody's got picks. to. It's norm, normally you. It's normally. Normally. Normally <laughs> you. And then for that final spot, you know what? I like. uh us see. I like Denny, but I also so you like back, Ross. You've bet. What are please, you talking just, about? Just pick one of those, Denny. Okay, that's the worst championship four of all time. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. All right, let me hear the dumb. Denny's more. the only good pick he made. Yeah, it's Denny, Chase, Ross ain't gonna make the final four. No, like no. I don't even know. He's why got hey, he's got too many tickets out left to be claimed. Uh, who else is in it? Who am I missing? Uh, I'll put Larson in there, but I really don't want to. Really don't want to put Larson in there. I will say. To your pick, if Blaney can get to the round of eight, he was one of the best cars of the Martinsville test, for what it's worth. But you know who was one of the best cars of the test, too, is that seven car. Really? We were top of the sheet on the second day. Yeah. Um, not in the playoffs, no. Yeah, not in the playoffs. But. I got I to gotta fill my fourth spot. I still don't know who it's going to. I can only lock in three of them right now. You got to really lock in a fourth. You I don't made even me, really want to lock in You got to lock in a fourth. Lock in a fourth. Do it right now. What about Harvick? You like Harvick? No. Why not? Why? One back-to-back races. Closer? No. No? Pick that fourth car. Let me think about it. You pick yours. <laughs> no, I'm going no, to no, go no. with the four just because um, I think he's kind of getting hot. Darlington's a good track for Harv. Kansas, he's – I mean, I don't know if there's any track that he haven't won at. So I'm going to go with the four, the 11, uh, the nine is on a bit of a heater. Got to go with Chase. Looking good. I mean, the rain and champ, man, is just like hard to deny him. Hard to deny him because he's always there. He's always kind of lurking. Um, so the five, the nine, the 11, and who else? The four. I'll fill out my four spot with the 24. I think there's going to be 300 cars there in Denny Hamlin. That's what I'll say. That's interesting. How far does Trackhouse make it? Like what? What round? Suarez makes it farther than Chastain. That's an ice. Did cold you take. did you hear Kyle Busch in the media center? That's an ice cold take. Kyle Busch said that Chastain was not going to have great luck because all of the drivers. This I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say this. He would lead you to believe that a lot of people are still mad at him, and he even said that Denny got tight in Pocono. It wasn't payback. 
So I don't know. There could be some fireworks coming. Well, I do know this. Whenever that one car is around anybody in the playoffs, they, he will not be cut any sort of breaks, and that's just what he's going to be up against now. The one car has had made a lot of mechanical grip. It's places like Darlington, places like, I mean, fill in the blank that one car has been strong. They were, I don't know, for the first half of the season, a bad day for those guys was fourth, fifth. They need to find some of that magic uh, and fire it off here in the playoffs if they want to make a deep run. The more I think about it, the more, I mean, I have a gut feeling. You got to take this thing seriously. Look at That's it. That's a big one. Uh, I think, I honestly think it might be Denny's year. Nobody's looking at him. I think the speed's there. I think Denny is probably as good as he's ever been. I don't think people are looking at him as a championship favorite. I think they're distracted by HMS, and I think that's going to pay off for him. If this regular season has taught us anything, don't count on count on the unexpected because that's probably what's going to happen in the next 10 weeks, and somebody's going to come out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, where'd they come from? Well, that was a regular season wrapped up in a bow, Chuck. <laughs> Now we are headed, hit the reset button, 10 grueling weeks, Chuck, mm-hmm. to see who wins that BFC. The BFC? Yeah. What's that? The Bill France Cup. Oh, I thought it might have been something else. Yeah, it's not that. Okay. It's not what you were thinking. Yeah, but it it's is. It's the Bill France Bill Cup. Bill France Cup. Yeah, but we also, we're going to talk to the guy here in a second who's usually on here in studio, but he is dr- hauling himself and that street stock he's going to be racing on Tuesday and Wednesday up in North Wilkesboro, Ryan Flores, on how they fixed that 12 car to make the playoffs right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. We are joined by Street Stock Racer extraordinaire and front tire changer for Ryan Blaney's. Uh, There wasn't much of a front tire to change this weekend, but somehow you guys got it fixed up well enough to make it. What was the process and what was all the that was broke that you guys had to straighten out? Yeah, there's a lot of front tire changing going on for sure. Um, When that thing came in, Rick, we couldn't even get the wheel off of it. It was like, how the hell are we going to keep going? And he hit the fence pretty hard and it bent, you know, almost everything in the, in the right front suspension, but the tow link to be able to get that switched out and get it back on the track with 20 seconds, uh, 20 seconds left on the DVP clock. It's pretty, pretty badass by all the 12 guys for sure. And, uh, 
the hood wasn't real pretty to start, but we got back out there, made minimum speed, and then we're able to work on it all day. And, you know, just trying to mitigate the damage. And uh, with 20 to go there, it was looking pretty, pretty grim. And uh, because of the work that got put in, you know, we were able to get in by three points to the guys who didn't fix their cars well, blue tires, had to stop racing. It was a blue collar day for sure. Now, how does this new car with a wreck like that and damage repair compare to an old car? It is just so much different than it's ever been before. It was all steel and you you know, like, like in your case where you got hit in the right rear, you would have been done because it would have broke the rear end housing, but you were able to fix the tow link and put a wheel back on it and keep going. So in that respect, it's really good. But as far as body damage, it's all, um, you know, clipped together composite. So when it gets hit, it's gone. You can't build any structure to it. Once it's softened up, all you can do is put bear bond on it. So that's really tough when you, when you hurt the nose, but you know, the, the suspension parts are really strong and the toe link is the weak point, which makes it easy to fix. So it gives you a weak point, which makes it, you know, that's what bends. It makes it easier to fix. It's a really hard fix to change in the six minute, you know, in the six minute window you're allowed. But when you are wrecked, you're done. You can't patch it together. Uh, like once you break a lower or, you know, break terminal parts, but, but it is harder to break stuff. How is it? How's it feeling? Barely making the playoffs by the skin of your teeth. You know, I think that we were all kind of mentally prepared for that because that's what the playoffs are. What we just went through yesterday, it's there's three races like that in the playoffs if you want to make it to Phoenix and then you have Phoenix. So we've all pretty much been in those situations before, cutoff races and having to just pack your pack your lunchbox and go to work. So it was a good I guess a good rev up for the, for the playoffs, but you know, you gotta, you just gotta be ready to be in that mentality every week for the next 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in that mentality here on Tuesday, Wednesday night, driving at street stock at Wilkesboro. Yeah, do my, do my best. I got to get there first. Yeah. It's been a lot of work here to see shop. I uh, really appreciate you building that one leg brace. Uh, welcome, that was man. pretty, it's pretty <laughs> awesome of you such a such a good friend but your dad you know the seat shop here got to use a lot of the parts off your old K&N car and work on the plate here and uh can't thank your dad and everybody enough for letting me use the seat shop i pretty much used every tool in this place borrowed it from everybody so it'll be fun you can go win or what i'm gonna do my damn best that's for sure how many cars so, are gonna be 31 they are 30 they capped the entry list at so yeah quite a bit practice is rolling off here in about an hour and you are an hour and a half away. So I don't want to take up any more time because I need to get that thing dialed in. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You certainly needed a boat on pit road this weekend, Chuck. But like Kyle Petty said, they, he'd want a boat for some cha- championship bass fishing at Darlington. He wanted to plug the tunnel up, fill it up with water, and put bass in it. I've left there feeling the same way. you got a perfectly good minnow pond behind the back. There is, but sometimes I want the whole thing full of water because it is a biatch sometimes. You'll get you a peach milkshake on the way home this time? Oh. Cookout? No, where'd you stop? McLeod's. Oh, peach cobbler. No, yeah, whatever that peach farm is. I think it's McLeod's, isn't it? Yes, it is. I actually, oh, it's a peach enchilada. Janie, thank you. Um, and I actually left because uh, I stuffed it in the fence. The only positive after that race was I Googled what time McLeod Farms was open till, and they were open for another 15 minutes, and I was like 25 minutes away. I called to see if they would stay open so I can go buy me a peach enchilada. And that wiped my sorrows away. It worked It worked out You should get nice. one on the way down this time. I should because I, I don't want to uh, – well, also, it starts at 6 p.m. on USA this weekend, so there are going to be plenty plenty closed by the time yeah. uh, I'm in the mood for a peach enchilada. In addition to the playoffs with guys racing for a championship, we're also racing for a championship on USA. Mm-hmm. The big documentary we've seen all these trailers about, they followed me around for the 500. They followed me around for the Atlanta race. They followed a bunch of us around, uh, and it is going to be a killer behind-the-scenes show. 10 p.m. Eastern on USA this Thursday. Don't miss it. It's going to be. I think it's gonna be pretty good. Yeah, and you it's know, gonna be pretty good. The fun part is we don't know how it's gonna end because that's that's right. The first couple episodes are gonna set you up to the playoffs, and then as the title says, it's going to be the race for the championship. So right. we're gonna see how it unfolds together, and then watch it on USA to see the behind-the-scenes cool action of all your favorite drivers. All, all the promos look good. Yeah. But how how uh, many times did you recite the life insurance line before you said it? That was once. That was once. Yeah. You can't recreate the passion of that oh, statement. You, yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> he practiced that in the mirror. I did not. No. I, or you've heard Randy say it before. No. I just make sure my life insurance policy is buttoned up because <laughs> if I end up going endo uh, – at least my kids' college paid for. Um, so, yeah, there's that. that. And I do make sure before all the speedways to shoot my man a note. Hey, we're good, right? Yep, we're all good. Okay. Make sure we'll tighten the belts a little bit more uh, than we do every other week. Headed to Darlington. Mm. Don't even paint the right side. I know this question has been asked all the time, and you talked about it like with Kyle Petty wanting to flood it, but – what is it about that place that just makes it so tough to tame? I hated saying that as soon as I said it. I was like, I didn't want to say the tagline. But you did. But I did. It's fitting, though. It is. It's just so wore out, man. And it's just, it is so wore out. And you're asking the car to do all the things it doesn't want to do. You're asking it to load into the banking into turn one where you go up the hill uh, and maintain lateral grip. You're asking it to turn. Uh, it's, and then turn two is so narrow and fast, especially with that patch they put that starts about halfway through the corner to finish. So the amount of grip you have entering turn one is about 
70% of the grip you have to finish the corner. Uh, dirty air is certainly prevalent there like it is everywhere, but as tra- as narrow as the track is, um, it makes it, it makes it tough and you're always fighting for track position, but there's going to be a lot of comers and goers. I feel like with this car, the tire wear is more with the, more than the other car where you'll have guys that can go hard on the front side of the run, but they pay for it in the back end and vice versa. So you actually, you start the run with a bit of a tire conservation mindset, uh, to not really spend, you don't want to spend the tires at all, but you really and truly can go 90% on your tires and see that 10% pay dividends on the back end of the run. Uh, and you'll see guys that are set up fairly soft to maintain that speed over the long run. You'll see some guys hedging their bets to get a couple of short runs and be a bit stiffer and fire off faster um, on just how they how they anticipate the race playing out. So, yeah. I think one of my favorite parts about the track is starts at 6. So goes from the day to the night. Well, you're going to have that sunset. And it's one the of most the, beautiful sunset. Yeah. NASCAR. Cause it's oh, going man. behind the grandstands, like in well, the just, cars are coming it's around. Always it's, like yeah. the colors are just purple. Yeah. Yeah, oh, just dude. Makes for some it. sexy, sexy shots. Yes. Yep. And yes. it's the Southern 500, yeah. man. Make sure that if you are within a seven mile radius, seven hour driving radius of the racetrack, you go get your tickets, man. Darlington is something else. Every time I see the cars go around there, like my first image in my head is for some reason is Days of Thunder. I think it's just that golden hour type thing. And that's when that race kind of happens. So you've got the, it. I just, every time, every time who I'm you think, Days of Thunder. Who you think is going to win? I got two numbers right down on my paper. Dude, Denny is really good there. Uh, I don't know what happened to him the first race. Obviously, Joey uh, gets into the 24 and knocks him out of the way. You would venture to say that 24 is going to be back strong as well. I think it's going to be I'm, a rebound race for them. I You probably have the 11 and 24 wrote down in your paper, don't you? Eleven and the four. Um, I look at I look at Richmond and how worn out it was, and just remembering back to how well Kevin just takes like just like Denny takes care of the rear tires, and I just feel like that's always the story of stage three is. It goes so long too. It's it's, yeah. it's so long. It goes so long because five hundred miles there, like. It's a fairly slow racetrack now, as worn out as it is. Like, it is a four, four and a half hour race. Yes. It is as long as a 600, Coke 600, because I think it feels like average. it's longer. I agree with that. It feels forever. And that is the track of all tracks where you might hear somebody on the radio say, race the racetrack. You legitimately are racing your racetrack. You're not trying to race the guy in front of you, you're not trying to race the guy behind you. You are legitimately just trying to drive your car to a little bit less than what it's made like is its capability is because you want to give yourself a little bit of leeway if you slip a right retire you don't want to get into the fence and bend a toe link you want to make sure it's hard to focus that long and also something that was interesting that bit me bit the six couple other guys last year or early the race this year these tires kick off marbles we haven't seen marbles at darlington in seven years long time so what happened to me was in the six, literally the lap after, is when you get there was a I believe there was a run with two green flag stops in it. So the the line that everybody's running starts to creep its way a little bit lower, a little bit lower in one and two. And if you open that turn two up, the width of a tire, you get marbles on it, and it's like the right front tire blows and it sucks you into the fence. So uh, that'll be something uh, for me. It's gonna be 
definitely something I'd take care of because it's bitten me before the first race. Uh, but I think you're going to see some guys on a dirty racetrack after a long run get the right sides up six inches a little bit too high, and it's going to be over for them. What, how does a mindset change through 500 miles there? Like, Are you dreading it before you get in, or does the length of the race and the toll it takes – only set in during cautions or do you feel it while you're racing? Like all of it. What's it so like? I love it because I, the entire ride down there on Sunday morning, I know it's going to be a mental fight from the time you leave. It's like, all right, you have to be locked in for not even just green flags. You can't speed on pit road. You can't, you can't let your guard down for a second at Darlington because it'll, it'll bite you. So I know going in that, it's going, there's going to be guys that have some concentration laps and I just hope that I'm not one of them because it is freaking hard, man. And you have to be so focused, hit your marks within two or three feet to try to find grip, try to maintain pace, man. It's uh Darlington's a, a beast, man. Do we see a non playoff driver win? Not or that do race stick with no. playoff. Drivers? True X is good at Darlington, but I don't think it's true. X and Eric Jones are two people that come to mind that have speed enough to maybe do something. But and Eric Jones ran good there in the spring. Yeah, and I, I don't think either one of those guys. I just feel like when you get there in the playoffs, everybody else is just – those 16 teams that made it have – There's a reason why they're yeah. in the top 16. Well, man. I just think they it even elevates them yeah. more being in the playoffs. So, yeah. I do th- – I mean, I, I do think that it will be one of the playoff drivers that gives I, – I really like the 11 pick. I really do. I think Denny – uh, uh, that would be my gut feeling as to who would win. the The question I would have, like pl- bigger playoff picture, is: Do we? How many? We've already got the sixteen different winners this season. Do we see? How many do we see in this season? Or sixteen? It are these playoff guys? You might see one more. One guy at Talladega. Blaney. Blaney, right? I think you'll see eighteen winners total this year. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting fact. Who's a team that hasn't won at Darlington in 10 years? If you'd read the rundown, it says it right here. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to guess. I want to guess. <laughs> All right. You A team or a driver? A oh. team that hasn't oh. won at Darlington yeah, in 10 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 10 years. That doesn't feel like that was 10 years ago. Though. Over 10 years. It really doesn't feel like so that was 2012. 10 years ago. Kyle Busch? No. That would be Gibbs. Denny's won it. Oh, I thought you. Oh, I thought you meant like. Team. I'm talking a four car team. Think about it, Hendrick. Yeah, Hendrick has not won. William Byron was about 300 yards away from snapping that streak. Wild Bill, <laughs> and then Joey Logano. I'm going with the 11 this week. His average finish there seventh. He owns he's just, that place. He's got a knack for he's, it. He opens turn one up too. Like he's got a very spec like unique line through there where it takes a brass set of balls to also have the confidence in your car to not lose the rear open and turn one up as much as he had as he does because he can carry so much more speed through the three quarter mark to finish the corner. Uh Denny's Denny and Tyler X starting to figure it out that particular line. Um I might try it out this week. Who knows? You should do that. You I'm know what try, you know what I think might be a little bit unfair. That was also a career day for me last year in this race, the Southern 500 running the top 10 That's all true. night nice. in that Alan Kowicki car. Um, there it is. But then we pissed right away, we pissed it away on pit road. But um, you'll have that. So I can get around Darlington if the old car is good. We'll see.
I don't know. Thinking about Denny Hamlin at Darlington just makes me think of how much I don't think fans appreciate how good he is, similar to, to Jimmy Johnson. Like, I just remember when I was strictly a fan and didn't work for the work for NASCAR. You know, people are so clouded by fan bases and their favorite driver. Oh, they yeah. just don't take into account. But, like, Denny Hamlin is damn good. Denny's a good race car driver. Damn good race car driver. I mean, there's only a number of guys that have their own planes for driving race cars, and he's one of them. Well, he got it at the right time. But he's still, there's a lot of guys came sure. at the same time that don't have an airplane. For sure. Danny's got an airplane. Kyle Busch got an airplane. We I don't have one. an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. I got a paper one. Let me, let me fold this rundown <laughs> up and make a... <laughs> that's about all I can whip up. You know what else y'all can whip up? Some penny for your thoughts questions. Janie! What do we got? Andy Miller, 823, asks, if you could run head-to-head with Big Rand in his heyday, what track and car combo would you want it to happen with? Oh, good question. Um, People really want to see you drive against Big Rand. It's not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Big Rand, he is well past his heyday. He is an A1 grandpa, but I don't think – I think he's lost the skills of being a race car driver. He gets the spins a little bit. I don't know if it's vertigo or concussion stuff, but uh, he couldn't strap him on and and race a Bristol at the moment. Um, but heyday for Big Ram would have been 97-8, somewhere in that range, when he was picking up, putting him down, winning some Bush Series races. So I would go on his turf. I would drive a 1998 Chevy Lumina, either like South Boston mm. Or uh, I got one. I know what you're going to say. What? Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. I feel like he'd smoke me there, so I never got around there. I never got around there good. We have one of his Myrtle Beach wins on uh, YouTube. Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, or the fairgrounds. Dad won the, he won the last Bush Series race at the National Fairgrounds 2001. 2000. Um, so I would like to go and race at him with a short track where you can rub fenders. That'd be fun. Illumina. I love that car. Yeah. Ugly as hell. Did I ever tell a story on here about when dad wins two, two back-to-back championships and, you know, the guys at Chevy wouldn't really text him back or call well, – there was no text – probably <laughs> page him back or send him an email back or even call him. Facts. Call him collect. It's on yeah. Facts. And he, he ten, sees ten, two, whoever the, the boss was at Phoenix or, or at Chevy at the time and he's like, man, I'm really to the point. You know, I got two kids, six and six and three. I'm really needing like a, you know, a car to – an extra car to, you know, carry the kids around the guy from chevy's like hey randy you've been a great ambassador for us no problem man we'll get something going your way they send over a maroon lumina <laughs> with corduroy interior Dude. like like maroon corduroy interior interior so maroon on maroon that's classic mid-90s yeah. yeah it was awesome i remember i still remember feeling the seats but so the next two years of the bush series championship was Trivia question. Who won the next two Bush Series championships? 98 and 99. Jeff Green won one of those? No. He was 2000. Yes. That's what, that Dale was, oh, what yeah. I was about to say. It was Dale, Jr. Say Dale Jr. Won, Jr. wins the next two. It's for those listening and at home. The, that was so after the head. year, after the year that we used the Lumina and gave it back, Dale Jr. wins the two next Bush Series championships. And the, guy, the same guy from uh, Chevy is on the stage at the banquet. And says, you know, Dale Jr., man, you are, you know, the ambassador. We, we want to support you. 
here's our gift to you is a brand new red Corvette. Uh, on the keys. I was really hoping it was going to be the same maroon uh, on maroon. Here's Randy LaJoy's no. used Lumina. <laughs> here's Randy LaJoy's used Lumina. No, uh, Dale Jr. still has the Corvette. Meanwhile, I wish we still had that Lumina. Dude, I'm telling you, my dad brought one home as a rental car one time, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because of what they raced. You know what I do want is a damn 2001 Intimidator Monte Carlo S. Oh, yeah. Anybody know any of those for sales? Tag me on Twitter. Well, I might go buy. I'm gonna roll up into the house on one. Kelly Blake. Before that, where they had they had a Junior Edition, Tony Stewart Edition, they had a Tony Stewart Edition. They had an Earnhardt Edition. Like, mm. just yeah, Gordon Edition. Just give me the whole fleet. <laughs> just give me <laughs> That's the Monte Carlo. We need to get a fleet of them and we all drive one. Yeah. And yes, and race them like Days of Thunder. Yeah, the yeah. rental car scene. Next on, question. On that note, Kevin Horn twenty four says. 98 Jeff Gordon versus 07 Jimmy Johnson, both of their best stat years from what I can tell. Who wins? My vote is Gordon. <sighs> well, I bet you by the stats, Gordon's stats have the bit of an edge because I feel like Jeff Gordon won like 12 races in 98 or something. But Ray Evernham and that Hendrick team were light years ahead of anybody else in terms of developing that car, and they wrote pretty much half the rule book off that team. Man, 2000. Mid two thousands five straight Jimmy Johnson. I don't think you can go against Jimmy. Cold blooded killers. Cold yeah. two of them. Cold blooded killers. Um, and I also would consider Jeff Gordon still in his peak in two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. So like, Jimmy has Jimmy B three more championships than Jeff. Yeah. So on that alone, I'm giving the edge to Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson, please come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> our last question comes from chris berry and he says i unfortunately don't have the means to get you a giant sponsor but what could my wife and i do as fans to help out the team coming up in vegas hit a damn daytona parlay and then give Corey the money <laughs> yeah or at least half of it i'll split it with you um they could buy your merch buying my merch on quarterly joy.com backslash merch doesn't quite help the team Helps me. Helps take some inventory merch off Leanne's shelf in her garage, so I'd appreciate that. Um, you know, send us your well wishes on social media. That always puts some wind in our sails. Beyond Ooh. that, set of tires is about 2800 bucks. so you can send a check to Spire Motorsports. <laughs> be like be like skipping. Just shoot finger guns at everybody else other than Corey. Yeah, every time somebody goes by, uh, you can just finger gun everybody else. Do they need to say pew, pew? It helps. Yeah, yeah, it helps. If you don't, I mean, if you don't really do it, <laughs> yeah. like, why even do it in the first place? Yeah, double, double yeah. barreled. Uh, yes, thanks, Chris Berry. But beyond that, we're stacking pennies. Penny stacker of the week. There's a bunch of them, dude. There's so many people wearing Core of the Joy merch at the racetrack. I love it. Uh, it definitely makes you feel warm and fuzzy. I was pulling in the tunnel, so people were walking out. Like the third guy in line was wearing a Corolla Joy Schluter shirt and a seven hat. And I'm like, hey, man, nice shirt. Pumped up, comes over, whips out of a back of his backpack another super shoe hat for me to sign. Like I've been saving this one for you so I can find you. Right, sign the bill, give it back to him. Appreciate the support. He was, I didn't get his name. Uh, call him Jim. We'll call him Jim. He didn't look like a Jim. He's a younger guy. Uh, Reginald. But I just... He didn't look like Reginald either. Uh, Reggie? Man. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, anybody that wears merch, I can consider Paint Stack of the Week. 
Uh, Chuck's got on a hat. But there was a kiddo. There's two kiddos that are trying to make it on the media scene. Judson and Keelan, have you ever seen them? Two little kids with the long blonde hair. Uh, They got in trouble because they were walking around interviewing all the drivers in the Daytona 500 uh, without media passes. But Keelan had Corey the Joy wrote in Sharpie on his belly. uh, Big number seven. So, Keelan, you are the penny sack of the week for the commitment to the game. Appreciate that. We appreciate you guys, too, for listening to this each and every week and allowing us to come back because you guys are rating and liking and starring and reviewing and doing all the things. And uh, that's why we keep showing up here and rambling on each and every week. Uh, So make sure you do that as well as listen to Spare Change coming this Sunday. Some more Darlington trivia. We'll see if you guys know more about the Lady in Black than I do. But until then, we'll talk to you all next week. This is Stag and Penny.